Welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast. I'm your co-host, co-founder of the website, Noah Ziegler, along fi- alongside my good friend, co-host, co-founder of the website, Adam Conradi. And I, it, it's it's fitting that I just stumbled on my words a little bit there because Adam and I are coming off of a, a pretty big weekend last week, and we've, we both flew up to Boston to uh, visit our good friend. And we both, before we started recording, admitted that we we're still we're still still just uh still a little bit slow on things. Just been a, it's been a, a long been a long week for sure, but a great weekend nonetheless. And obviously, we have a lot to talk about in this episode with the state ch- uh, state championship for both guys and girls in basketball wrapping up. So we have uh, officially turned a chapter or turned the page to spring sports, Adam. It's it's bittersweet to say goodbye to basketball, but also hello to every every one of the spring sports. So uh, baseball, lacrosse, softball, tennis, all all of that happening. But Adam, how are you? And I mean, obviously, the weather's getting warmer, so can't even complain about that. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Sad to see the basketball season go for sure, but uh, very happy. Uh, I, I've always been a big baseball guy, so this has always been my favorite season of the year. And uh, softball as well, always a great fun game to watch. And yeah, spring sports uh, don't get as much publicity as football or basketball probably, but they deserve it. And it should be a fun spring. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's my dog eating a water bottle in the background. <laughs> yes, we have a, a special guest on this uh, this episode. So, uh, every, you know, heed warning for that. We'll see if they're if it's controlled commentary or uncontrolled commentary. But uh, as I said, the basketball season wrapped up. Sacred Heart won the girls tournament and Warren Central won the boys tournament, uh, defeating McCracken County and GRC respectively. And again, now the spring sports are underway. Uh, just NKY specific or 859 specific, I should say. Uh, we talked about Simon Kenton and Cooper being eliminated early in the last podcast episode. So go back and listen to us talk about that which left Newport boys as the lone eight, five, nine team remaining uh, for basketball. And of course they had a really tough task to start. They were facing Travis Perry and Lyon County. And unfortunately the Wildcats did lose 61 to 46, uh, just a tough, a tough day shooting. They, uh, the Wildcats were hanging close, but they went ice cold toward uh, the middle, kind of the middle of the game. So it, it just, Tough to, tough to do when you're playing against one of the best players in the state, let alone the country. Uh, Marquez Miller led the Wildcats with 17 points. Taylor Kinney had 11, and Japari Covington was seven. But the team just shot, or team shot 24% from three, 32.7% from the field, and 50% from the free throw line. When you get to the state tournament, that that tends to, uh, or I guess when you're playing a team again, like Lyon County. With Travis Perry, it's going to be pretty difficult to win. But Adam, obviously, a great season for the Wildcats, finishing twenty-eight and seven, twenty and three against other region teams. And uh, I mean, I, I would, I, I think a lot of they're going to be the trendy pick to be the way too early favorite. I don't know if it's. I, I mean, I haven't really put too much thought into next year quite yet. But they, I guess, they are the easy pick to be next year's favorite, not to even talk about it way too early because we're still in March this year, but Adam again, obviously exactly. I was going to say like, you've got Cooper there. So it's going to be really interesting to debate that come uh, basketball time in the fall. But I mean, again, a great season for the Wildcats winning their first regional title since 2010, I believe it was. So just another, another memorable season, but a young team with a lot of uh, a lot of, I mean, they've got a bright future. 
Uh, yeah, a, a fantastic season for Newport, one of the best uh, in a long time. Uh, yeah, getting over the regional championship pump uh, as a freshman for a lot of their core players is absolutely massive, and and that's that's where the expectations are really just going to take off for their entire career. And uh, yeah, I think that freshman class at Newport especially is really capable of achieving some great things. But as I mentioned, as you were saying that, do not sleep on Cooper as well as uh, Cuffcath just got a new transfer this past week. So uh, they're back in the news and you can never count out Scott Rusats and the Cuffcath Colonels. Mm-hmm. And that that player being Cash Harney tra- transferring back to Cuffcath. He was originally, well, he originally was with the Colonels Youth Football Organization and he I don't think he ever went to Cuffcath originally. But I think the thought the plan was at the start he was going there, and then he transferred to Beachwood, and then he had a couple had a you know a couple of games under his belt was a part of a state championship winning team. He didn't keep the starting job at quarterback at the end of the season, uh, or by the end of the season. So uh, he's he's headed back to Park Hills, and it'll be interesting to see how that turns out, especially on the basketball side as well. That's a, that is a big bump for the Colonels, but. Um, Obviously, uh, it'll be interesting next year, and it's going to be really fun to. I think next year's, like you said, shaping up to be another good year in terms of just having a bunch of really good teams competing for the title instead of one main favorite and a lot of other teams playing, as we've seen in a couple of years, not as much recently, but we've definitely seen that uh, a little bit. So that uh, I guess officially closes the book on basketball talk, or I should say, high school basketball talk. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of recruiting news. We're, we're still waiting on Jacob Myers' commitment, if I'm not mistaken. And we're also going to have to see how EJ Walker's recruitment plays out. Signing day is going to be coming up. So we're going to see players like Jeremiah Israel officially uh, put pen to paper their NLIs and see a guy like him play for NKU. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun. But again, it's uh, bittersweet to close the book on this year's basketball season. So, Adam, before we before we officially uh, move on, anything? Uh, yeah. Yeah, one thing before we move on uh, for the Jacob Meyer recruitment situation, I, I know he had an offer from Iona before uh, Patino left for St. John's. I'm wondering if uh, Patino will still hold that offer as he goes to St. John's. That That'd would be, be interesting. That would be interesting. I mean, it has because I, I don't know what Jacob Meyer's biggest offer is, but getting an offer from a big East school would be huge. But I guess the other, the inverse part of that would be if uh, I believe his name uh, is it is it Tobin Anderson, the Fairleigh Dickinson coach who Iona hired. I wonder if he would honor the scholarship or if it kind of. I, I would assume that situation is very fluid. So, and he he does have plenty of offers from other schools. So uh, unless he fell in love with Iona, and it, I mean if you if you are going to go to a school like Iona with the talent that. Meyer has with Rick Pitino as coach. You probably were also very much a fan of the coach. So I, I would, again, no, I, I don't know Jacob Meyer at all whatsoever. So, but I would venture to guess Iona may not be, may, may not be in there, but who knows? I don't know. It'll be interesting. Again, we're, we're kind of waiting and seeing where he's going to go because he's wherever he's going to go is going to be, is getting a great player. So mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously keep everyone updated on that. So again, Moving on, uh, some big news though, not non baseball related. We'll wait on the baseball talk for a second, but some big news, uh, once again, involving Beachwood. They did name their next football coach, obviously, Coach Noel Rash stepping down and retiring, uh, about I think a month or month or so ago and started a football search. It was very interesting just seeing kind of all the names being thrown out, but 
the name they landed on, the name that became the official next man of the Beachwood Tigers football program, Coach Jay Volker. He can't, he comes from Talawanda, where he was the head coach there for two years. He did go 3-16 and 16 in two seasons. Historically, it is a pretty tough place to win at. Um, but he does have a pretty impressive resume kind of beyond that. And again, it's it, it, especially in two seasons. And even to put it in perspective, he is leaving Talawanda because or he was leaving Talawanda because they cut his position as a teacher. And I, I, I don't, I don't know the exact situation at that school, but I would imagine that that would probably mean that the football program may not be, may not be in the, is, is properly funded slash in the best shape as a school like Beachwood would. Um, uh, Jay Volker is, he played at elder graduated in 2008 Went to Thomas Moore, was a three-year captain before graduating and then moving into coaching. He became an assistant at Georgia Southern from 2013 to 15, where he worked alongside the current defensive coordinator at Michigan, Jesse Minter, who also happens to be the son of former Cincinnati head coach Rick Minter. Uh, after that, he became he came home, became an assistant or an associate head coach at LaSalle up in Ohio. Uh, from 2015 to 17, where he let he helped lead the Lancers to back-to-back Division II state titles, and then he went to Moeller as a defensive coordinator in 2018. He helped lead the Crusaders to an outright GCL title. Uh, the head coach for Moeller that year was Doug Roosevelt. He was in his first year. He left after one season to become the chief of staff for the Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. So obviously uh, a little bit of shifting there. So that's why uh, Volker ended up at Kings for the next couple of years before he moved to Talawana as head coach. Um, Adam, obviously, again, I, I think we were texting back and forth about his record at Talawanda, but looking into the details of that, I mean, it does seem like a pretty difficult place to win at. But outside of that, he's got a pretty impressive resume. He's, I mean, he's got some good connections. Beachwood, Beachwood did quote uh, Jesse Minter in their press release. So to get a college D, a D1, let, or excuse me, a defensive coordinator at a college football playoff team for the past two years, is to get him to sign off and essentially give a public reference to this guy. Also having connections to someone who works on an NFL team, a very successful NFL team recently. I mean, this seems like it could be a, a pretty dang good hire for Beachwood. However, it, it's one of those things where I think a lot of people are very curious to see how a younger, he's definitely on the younger side, how he's going to develop. And then, I mean, it's just going to be really interesting because again, everyone points to the Talawanda record, but what do you, what do you think about this appointment and kind of what, what does this say about the Beachwood program? Oh uh, yeah. I, I think this is a really interesting hire. Uh, as you said in his background, he has tons of experience and a lot of connections already in the coaching world and going to a place like Beachwood is a recipe for success to really get your coaching career back on the right foot, especially after I wouldn't say a rough patch at Talawanda because it, it is a tough place to win. And it looked like he was getting them going in the right direction there towards the end, but I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I saw some people say they're they're uh, keeping a lot of the staff from Mo Rash's staff, so it's not going to be too much of a change. And, you know, our friend up in Boston that we actually visited is a former Beachwood player. And he, he doesn't think that there's going to be too much that changes. And he, he thinks that it's all pretty much going to stay the same as Beachwood football. And that's why they're bringing in a, a Beachwood guy to do this. So I, I think it's going to be same old, same old for Beachwood. And they're just going to keep competing for state titles as they do. 
might have a rough one or two years just because you're losing a legendary coach like that. But I think Beachwood would be fine. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's a pretty smart hire. You're going to get someone who can come in, work well with the guys who have been there. Obviously, uh, Coach Hergut on the offensive side. I mean, it's it is key to have the support staff or not support staff or the rest of the coaching staff being remaining in that because if the if the staff was gone then it'd be a lot more interesting of a pick and i do wonder how that i mean in a hypothetical world i wonder how that would have affected the search but nonetheless uh, obviously congratulations to coach volker it'll be really interesting to see how he gets on uh pretty early but admittedly i do think it is interesting because you and i hate to i hate to do this because he hasn't even started he hasn't even coached a game yet so we don't really even know if this would even be possible but um you, you do have to wonder if if everything goes well at beachwood and all of a sudden across the river the elder job opens up do you does it does i mean it, you could you could see that transition happening so um nonetheless I, I i think i saw a couple of people mention that on bluegrass preps which unfortunately is a real is a thing to think about because obviously he being an elder grad that that is, it is one of those things. Like, I mean, being a grad from any school would be it's it's hard to say no to. But, um, anyways, uh, now I guess it's time to open open the book. As I said, closing the book for basketball, open the book for baseball. Adam, obviously, as a former baseball player yourself for St. Henry, it's a, it's a very exciting time. I mean, just I mean, it's just so it's so fun. It kind of snuck up on us though. It, it snuck up because I think we get so engulfed in the basketball, the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, you know, just I mean the theatrics that come with that tournament. That uh, it's almost like the beginning of baseball season is not lo- maybe lost in the wind might be a good way to put it. But um, I mean it just it's it, I mean it's really shaping up to be another fun year in a five nine baseball. Uh, yes, one hundred percent. Uh, I mean there's just talent all around the region and all around Northern Kentucky this year. I mean, just this past week, we were texting about this. An eighth grader from Beachwood just committed to the University of Louisville. Uh, Tyler Fryman is his name. So be on the lookout for him over the next couple of years. Uh, Beachwood should be a regional contender uh, this year. I believe they're the three-time defending champions over the past four years because one year the they didn't have the tournament for COVID. But they've won it the past three seasons. So Beachwood is the team to beat coming in this year. Obviously, they're going to be without one of their – key players in Mitchell Berger, EKU commit, who uh, went down with a knee injury during football season, which is very unfortunate for the Tigers. But they're still going to be a very solid team with great pitching and great fielding. And Kevin Gray always has his team ready to play come May and June. That is for sure. And mm-hmm. some other, yeah, some other standout players in the night in, in Northern Kentucky this year, uh, Aiden Hamilton from Campbell County, shortstop he's committed to the university of kentucky he was also a star on the hardwood this year you probably heard us talk about him a few times uh returning for connor this year who had their best record in school history and got upset in the regional tournament in the first round so they're going to come back with a lot to prove this year and they return some guys like brody mangled aiden lore and jackson bucks just to name a few that's going to be a tough tough out this season they're already off to a hot three and oh start i believe uh Going through more uh, contenders for player of the year in Northern Kentucky, uh, Jonathan Fitz, catcher from CovCap. He's committed to the University of California, San Diego. Uh, from Ryle, Roman Furutu, uh, Dylan McIntyre, and Tate Cordra. Uh, from Highlands, uh, there are two great pitchers, Ryan DeBerger and Jack Hendricks. 
as well as three-star athlete uh, Brody Banky. Uh, from Dixie, you have the absolute stud catcher Ethan Bosley, who's committed to Walters State Ju- Junior College. Uh, from St. Henry, you have Nick Browning and Matt Reising. The Browning name might sound familiar. Uh, and from Beachwood, as we already mentioned, uh, Cameron Boyd and Ben Meyer. Cameron Boyd uh, tied for the lead in the uh, tied for the lead in homers in all of the state last year, and he was their leadoff hitter as well. So, very scary lineup up, up and down for Beachwood. But the last few years, it's been Beachwood and everyone else, mm-hmm. and I really think this year is going to be more open. Uh, mm-hmm. The 33rd district especially looks very solid with Connor and Ryle on top and Cooper's a bit of a dark horse as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like this year is is going to be like, it's, it's very, I mean, how how much of a treat are we going to get, you know, with basketball was so, so close together. And I mean, this year it's looking like we're going to have a really, really tough battle for the ninth region tournament title. And I mean, so, I mean, a couple, I mean, as you said, a couple of the teams that are just early favorites are Connor, Ryle, Highlands, Beachwood, because those are the schools that have established themselves to be in the conversation no matter what year in, year out. But like you said, there's schools like Cooper that can really, you know, cause an upset. And I mean, last year, nobody expected NCC to be Connor last year in the regional tournament in the first round, as you said. So it, it's just going to be such a, a fun, a fun year for to watch. I mean, again, looking at the schedule, there's obviously a lot of games and it's, it, we're obviously at the mercy of weather as well. So it'll be really interesting to see how this shakes out. Um, it, we did, I mean, already we've already gotten Beachwood and Campbell County to have their game canceled because of weather. So, but through a couple games this year, uh, obviously teams are only at max for three games. So um, Gallatin County off to an 0 and 2 start in the 31st district, 32nd district, Grant County and SK are both not locked at 2 and 2 with Walton and leading at 4-0 and Williamstown at 3-1. And, and Adam, I mean, as you said, the, the 33rd district, Cooper's on an 0-2 start. However, Boone County's 2-2, two two, Connor's 3-0, Riles 4-0. I mean, that, that district's going to be so difficult to, to, I mean, not only predict, but whenever that district tournament happens, I wonder, I, I, we need to figure out where it is this year because definitely need to have a couple people there to watch that, huh? Yeah, uh, I believe last year uh, Cooper really came on late, uh, very strong. They were a young team, so I, I look that look for them to carry that over into this season. And as we mentioned, Connor and Ryle are two of the top teams in the region, and Connor's going to come in with something to really prove this year after getting upset in the first round last year. And Ryle's arguably one of the most talented teams in the region. So, thirty third district district uh, group of death. Yeah, call it that yeah. the district of death. I like that. Uh, the 34th district, uh, Villa and Ludlow are actually leading the way at the current moment. The Panthers four and two, and the Villa Vikings three and two. Dixie's one and one. Boyd is zero and one, and Saint Henry is zero and four. So again, obviously very early. So a lot of these uh, records are, it, you know, can't it can't really extrapolate them to make a, a good judgment of these teams. Uh, 35th district, Beachwoods two and one, Cupcast one and zero. Holy Cross two and four, Holmes zero oh, and five, and Cove Latin one and zero. Oh. Congratulations to the Trojans; they uh, they have a win, and that's what we love to see for them. Thirty uh, six district Highlands one and two, NCC two and one, Bellevue one and two, Dayton zero oh, and six, uh, and then wrapping up obviously in the tenth region, Scott is one and three, Campbell County one and one, Calvary three and three, 
Brossard two and three, Pendleton County, oh three and one. We're not talking soccer. Pendleton County, obviously with the tie. Uh, so I, excuse me. I, I mean, I guess Boone County would have the one, but I, I, I don't know if they counted that as a no contest since it was tied. I, I think it was five to five at the after four innings, or if they just call it a tie. I don't know, Adam. Is do you know if that's a if KHSAA has a ruling on that? Like, kind of what the situation is. Uh, I know. I, if the game's not completed yet, you can schedule to. Uh, reschedule it to finish it at a later date but if they couldn't decide on a date then usually they just go with a tie so i guess they couldn't decide on a date or maybe they'll complete it regularly uh later in the season but for now yeah that's gonna look look like a tie Mm -hmm. well hey hey, people people complain about ties in soccer but hey it it can happen in baseball Uh, uh, maybe i don't know but not no (laughs) no 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 but uh, Adam, anything, uh, anything before we wrap up here? Obviously, it's going to be exciting baseball and softball season, spring sports in general. So it'll be it'll be fun to talk about it and on on I mean each week on our podcast. But anything to say before we wrap things up? Uh no, I'm just excited for uh, another great baseball season. Uh, uh, we'll have some better stats for next week because I mean it's only been one week into the season, so the most a pitcher's had is two starts at this point. So there's not too much to put together for that but we'll have a little something on best pitchers in the region for next week and a little we'll touch on softball as well for next week as well can't wait to do it for adam conradi i'm noah ziegler we'll see you guys next time